All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. I'm really looking forward to today's panel. I've brought in some people to talk about the experience of being a technician at Rush Enterprises. Uh, before we get into the discussion, uh, a couple of uh, housekeeping things up top. Uh, during the discussion, if you'll keep your camera off, keep your mic muted. Uh, when we finish up, I'll open it up for questions. And at that point, you can either uh, use the hand raise icon to queue yourself up. I'll call on you. You can unmute yourself and ask your question, or you can drop a question into the chat. I'll keep an eye on that and I can relay it to them. So uh, today uh, we've got three folks with us. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff Mealy, Tony Kranza, and James Cummings. Uh, I tried to gather a pretty diverse group of technician experience because uh, technician is not just a singular job. There's a lot going on there. And so I wanted to try to get as many different perspectives as possible. Um, so the first thing that I'd like to do is I'd like to start with um, a quick round of introduction. So I'd like to go around to each one of you guys. And if you all could uh, say who you are, uh, where do you work currently? What position are you in currently? And then a little bit about your background and uh, your tenure with Rush. So, uh, James, do you want to start that? Hello, everyone. I'm James Cummings. Um, I'm South Georgia mobile foreman. Uh, I live Tifton and Valdosta locations. Uh, basically run our mobile team down here. Uh, my background is uh, foreman, shop foreman, service manager, service advisor, and obviously technician. Got about 20 years experience. Uh, tenure with Rush is about six years. Grandfathered in the 16 years when I was part of the ENC team back in the day. And uh, that's about it. All right, thanks. Uh, Jeff. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jeff Mealy. I am a mobile service tech with Rush Truck Centers in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I do a little bit of everything here, um, from being a foreman to a tech for the mobile service division. I've uh, been with Rush roughly three years, going on four now, um, and I look further into being here longer. All right, great. And Tony. Hello, everyone. My name is Tony Carranza. Uh, I used to be a technician not too long ago. Uh, I've been working. I used to work there in uh, Cotula for two and a half years. So shout out to my old terminal. Uh, before that, I was still a technician. So a total of four years, I was a technician before I'm currently a parts front parts counter. So a uh, little bit of a transition um, thanks to the trend that program that Miles had with me and and uh, I was able to transition over here to Corpus. So that's uh, a little bit about myself. All right, thank you. Uh, yeah, you three guys can keep your uh, keep your cameras on uh, going forward since you'll be you'll be bouncing off each other and talking and whatnot. Uh, yeah, uh, Tony, I know from uh, doing the new graduate program, he had been with us for a while, as he said, but uh, then once he got his degree, he entered that program and has just recently transitioned out. So I thought he would have an interesting perspective on it, uh, kind of moving to the other side of the fence. So like I said, tried to get a, a diversity of, of perspectives on this position here. So the first thing I'd like to do is I'll do a quick round. We'll go around and uh, what I'd like to hear is, y'all touched on this a little bit, but what route did you take to being a technician? How did you end up as a technician? Uh, Jeff, do you want to start that? Yeah, I can go ahead and start that. Well, um, right off the bat, this wasn't my actual first career choice. I was actually in, I went to Newcastle School of Trades for welding um, straight out of the military. Um, however, when I was in the military, I was an 88 uh, Delta, which, or uh, 
excuse me, yeah, an 88 Delta, which is motor pool. Um, but anyways, coming out of the military and getting back into welding, recession, ended up starting washing trucks um, with minimal background. Nobody really wanted to hire me, and I've just kind of worked my way up. Um, it's been a long road. It started in roughly 2006, 2007, and it, the rest is history. I just kind of took off running with it. I fell in love with it, and uh, here I am. All right, and Tony? Uh, my life started before I started as a technician. Uh, I was going to school. I got my degree, and I've always wanted to do automotive, but when I went to the school in Laredo, they said that diesel technicians were in high demand during that time. So they're like, why don't you try a semester? So I did, and I fell in love with not being cramped up as much as in an automotive vehicle and <laughs> having a lot more room to work on the engine. Uh, and it just sounds better uh, being a diesel technician when you tell people it just sounds a lot more cool. So <laughs> I really <laughs> fell in love with the field. <laughs> and uh, I started as a, as a loop tech. That was my first job at uh, Danny Herman Trucking in Laredo. And then I worked there for a year and a half. And then from there, uh, Rush and Kutula hired me, so they gave me the opportunity, and that's how I learned a lot more compared to when I was working there before. And uh, that's how I started as a, as a diesel technician. All right, and James? Yes, I uh, start, went to tech school in uh, Nashville Diesel College back in 2000 and uh, graduated from there and started up couple little dealership places and then uh, got on Yancey Caterpillar, worked there for eight, nine years, and then they created the truck center, worked there for a while um, as a technician. And then when Rush purchased them, I stayed with, on with Rush because I liked what they had to offer versus Yancey and uh, <clears throat> stayed there as a technician and moved up into a foreman role and service advisor role and on from that. Um, so far as you know i enjoyed it same way you know at a high school automotive program then got into the diesel program and a lot bigger sounded cooler you know same way being a diesel tech <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just went from there all right um so what i'd like to hear about now is uh and tony if you could back up to uh to back before you transition to the to the parts department um what does a typical day look like for you in the service department and anybody uh, back, feel free to jump in. Um, back when we would start, of course, we would travel every day to from Laredo to Cotula, and um, typical typical day. Got to get your coffee. That was my that was my energy gain. I got to get my <laughs> coffee, uh, even if it's 105 degrees outside. I was still sipping some coffee. <laughs> got to get that caffeine in. Uh, so I would do that. Uh, we would get ready. We would talk with my foreman and with my terminal manager. And we would see, okay, what what's the status on this? What's the status on that? How much do you need? What what parts are you waiting for? Uh, can you move on to something else real quick? And just that's how the day would start with just trying to see what needs to come out first or what's been pending for the longest time and what can we do to get that job out of there as quickly as we can. So it was just a lot of communication in the first couple of like 30 minutes, you know, just seeing how everything's going. And, and then after that, we would go and, and start our day. Okay. What about you guys? Well, our normal day here in Columbus is really, really fast paced. Um, we we typically don't even see the shop from the beginning of our day. We immediately hit customer locations. It, it's very, very, once we get rolling, usually we don't stop. 
Um, we stop long enough to come in and turn in paperwork. Um, we've got a great advisor here. He does a wonderful job. He keeps us all in line. <laughs> helps helps me with uh, scheduling as well. So and he's not afraid to crack the whip. So when we get moving, we are rolling. And we, we typically, I mean, most of our market here in Columbus is the uh, preventative maintenance market. So a lot of what we're doing for customers on site is oil changes. Um, one of our biggest customers being Enterprise Truck Rental, we are constantly on the move. Um, so between the paperwork rolling, uh, we, we don't get a lot of time to stop until we're done. So it's very, very fast paced for us. And James? Uh, yeah, with pretty much I reach out to each guy each morning for the mobile guys. Um, I'm usually I stop in Valdosta. I inspect their park shelves, see if they got anything. I call them, let them know if parts came in to try to minimize whether they need to come to the store or not. Um, obviously, save on fuel and stuff like that. Uh, I reach out to our service advisor, Lisa, who does an outstanding job as well. And same way, she can crack a whip as well on these guys. <laughs> and uh, get with her anything you know waiting on anything scheduled um and i just go through and call each tech and see what they got going on for today if they can if any customer calls in whether they called me or called the tech directly you know we communicate on how we can handle them that day or the next day um just biggest thing just communicate with everybody and so everybody knows what's going on so we don't try to minimize surprises all right, so um, kind of looking outside of y'all's positions, uh, there's a lot going on, you know, in a service department. So, um, what other positions are there? Uh, what other technician technician positions are there in the department? What do what do things look like for them on a day to day basis? Uh, from what I see in the shop, it's a lot of uh, like it, it here in Columbus. I don't know how it is everywhere else, but it's it's a lot of in and out, in and out. What I mean by that is these guys are constantly on the move too. Um, I see a lot of communication going on with these guys in the shop. Um, on top of that, you know, some of the things that they're doing that we can't do, I wish we could mobily, but um, unfortunately we can't, but I, I envy them. It's definitely really cool to actually stand back and see some of the things that they do in the shops. Um, some of the other like parts department in the shops, I definitely couldn't do their job. So if you're in parts, more power to you. Some of the sometimes the way we get rolling um, with the parts request submissions and everything, I, I don't know how they keep up with it sometimes, really. So it, it's it seems to be, you know, a little bit crazy outside of our position. But when you actually stand back and look at it and kind of learn and pick up things and how different different departments are doing different things and try and work together. Um, it helps make things smoother. Hmm. What about you guys? What do y'all think? As far as the working, you know, like I said, I'm in Tifton or about Austin usually every day, uh, both for shop techs, you know, they all have their challenges, um, whether getting parts, you know, um, learning depending on the tech levels experience. Uh, and mentor game with them as far as teaching them and stuff like that it, it can be a challenge um biggest thing is just trying to remind them don't get frustrated we all have our good days and bad days just you know keep pushing keep learning um it's going to get better 
you know, you're going to have days with the monkey on your back. And then one day he'll jump off you and onto somebody else. <laughs> and uh, so far as that, you know, the tech learning, getting the experience, getting tooling. Um, it's just it's just a combination of things that come together eventually with time and uh, assistance from some of the older, more experienced guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That's all I can think of at the moment on that. OK. So uh, what kind of challenges do you guys typically see uh, in your positions or in the department? An ever-changing market. Mm. This market is constantly changing. They're constantly coming out with new procedures, um, new parts. Uh, we're working on a lot of Cummins right now. They, they look identical, but filters are different. Mm. Um, so it is a constant learning curve um, to kind of piggyback off of what James was saying is like you got to be on your toes and it, that is the honestly the biggest challenge that I see in and around the Ohio market is just the curve of the change ever changing market. Now everything's going to electrical, which is even worse. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it's like learning all over again. So it's a constant ever changing market. That's my biggest challenge that I see. Okay. What about you guys? Same thing, man. It's just a lot of just a lot of technology, a lot of a lot more procedures, uh, a lot way just just the dashboard and it's of those new trucks that have the new the new gauges in the middle. They're all LED or LCD or whatever. And and it's not the same anymore, you know, with just the gauges, regular gauges that you would buy and just and that's what I was explaining, uh, talking with a technician out there in the shop and I was telling him we're not even technicians anymore. We're becoming electricians, mm. you know, just a lot of. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a lot of diagnosing electronical systems and just trying to figure out shorts and then trying to explain to the customer that hey this short was really hard to find and the customer trying to understand well you found it you know but it's like you know the procedure to go through finding that electrical short or if the sensor was bad or something else was messing up and it's yeah it's just that technological base of you know the knowledge that you have to learn and you have to continue to learn and and go to your pack car trainings and your cummins and your and your whatnot but yeah, that's that's what I would see is that challenge. Yeah, James. I say the same thing, you know, as far as in my day with my techs, uh, obviously, which I know across the country, parts supply issues have been a nightmare. Um, the other challenge is obviously. From a mobile standpoint, every customer wants you to be there now, even if you know you got customers scheduled up. <laughs> And so trying and, and like in our situation, we're we're covering mid to whole South Georgia, a lot of a lot of uh, area we're covering. Um, so you know the challenge is there of trying to get to that plate uh, customer in a timely manner, and uh, without him calling somebody else, you know. Um, so there's some situations where even myself, I keep a computer with me, and I keep a small amount of tools with me to where if it's something I can go to. If, if I don't have a technician available in a quick amount of time, um, I'll go to at least look at it and it may be a quick fix. It may be something where it doesn't need to be routed to the shop or at least it gives that customer peace of mind. We care. I'm there at least attempted. You know, now we can work on uh, getting another tech out there with actually a full set of tools to either do more diagnosing or preparing. Um, so that's some of the main challenges as far as my day to day with that is just Customer trying to keep them happy and 
and a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> so, so based on on all three of you guys' answers, would it be fair to say that there's not a lot of what you might call normal days <laughs> at your job? I, I would I would agree with that statement. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my favorite my favorite saying always is you know in managing chaos. Ah, we, yeah. Managing we chaos. call it we call it controlled chaos. <laughs> It's a, not a, not a lot of mental breaks, I guess, during the day, or, or something might go wrong. <laughs> but what's so. nice with that though is mm -hmm. it, it is it breaks it up from being just an average day every day. It's something different mm -hmm. every day. You have a different challenge every day, which makes it exciting. And you know, you go home and you wonder what's going to happen tomorrow, and how can you know how can what you know be mentally prepared to take care of whatever problem you arises. So mm -hmm. far as that aspect, it, it's it definitely. Uh, Keeps it exciting. And then on top of that, with all the controlled chaos, um, it helps build better bonds with uh, between the mm -hmm. admin and the, and the technicians. In my own opinion, like I, I've got two guys in mobile trucks right now, and they'd go to bat for me the same I would because we're just so used to working together and, and all the chaos and the hecticness. It's <laughs> it's more of a, a family than a, yeah. than a employment. I guess you could say we, we call it teamly down here. Teamly. <laughs> That's a Team good one. Family. I'm going to pass that off to my guys. <laughs> so, so with you guys talking about uh, how quickly things change and how things are constantly evolving, you never sort of figure out all the knowledge there. That's always something new. How long did it take you guys to not feel like you were new anymore to feel like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm at least I show up and I don't feel like I'm the new guy or I don't feel like I'm I'm still in the initial stages. When one of my mobile techs told me I was the same age as his dad. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> yeah, that, that kind of ruined it for me on being new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mine, I, I would have to say mine's fairly quick, but um, just the management and the admin team here, like um, I would have to say within the first six months of just coming to Rush, uh, uh, Mr. Stickle made it pretty, pretty apparent right off the bat that, you know, this wasn't a normal job and it was more of a, I guess you could say an unspoken brotherhood to where, you know, as long as you're here and we're all trying to help each other, we're going to continue to grow off of one another. So it, it was fairly quick for me to not feel like the new guy anymore. Yeah. Tony, what about you? It was about the same thing. It's just, uh, you know, once you're not the new guy anymore and someone new comes in and he's like, man, you all you do all this and you're like, yep, yep, <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> it's that feeling that you already know, like, OK, you're already past that, you know, that hump. But yeah, man, it's it's the same thing It's just once you feel that, oh, OK, you're you're getting the you're getting used to it. And even then, when you get used to it, something else comes at you and you're like, what? And then you have to learn that. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. It's just like that, like they were saying, you know, that unspoken brotherhood with each other and just helping each other whenever you can. I think that's that's honestly the best help a technician, an individual technician could have is that that guidance and that help that they can call on you to need, you know, something or, or anything and and that you're willing to help them with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the questions I had that I was going to ask that kind of leads into it was um, what uh, what outside of your job your specific position what uh what support do you get who helps you and like what 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 things help you get your job done 
I personally, I couldn't ask for a better uh, service manager or a advisor. Um, this is my first time ever in a dealership. I've always worked for smaller shops. Um, so this is was a whole new environment when I came in. But uh, I've had the pleasure of working with both of the Stickles. And um, I, I, what I've learned from them and the support that I've gained from them is just – I. I've never had that anywhere else. So it, it definitely makes the job a lot more likable, a lot more manageable with all the controlled chaos we have going on, <laughs> especially in mobile, um, to where it, it just it makes it worth getting up every day and coming in here and, and dealing with it. Again, it's like a giant family. Uh, I would say specifically one time when I was uh, still a technician, this one time I went to out to a service call in the middle of nowhere uh, in a ranch that's 20 miles in close to like eight o'clock and it was already dark and uh, I couldn't find a short and I called my foreman at the time which was George Martinez and he uh, and I remember calling him and we were he was helping me you know run through the diagnosis and I started to hear coyotes and I was like man if, if I get eaten <laughs> out here by coyotes you know where to find me <laughs> and he starts laughing but it was that uh, that trust between me and him, you know, that if I if I needed him, he he answered me and he was able to help me out throughout the whole process and not just leave me hanging or hang up. You know, he made sure that I got it right, got it done. And, you know, that's all I needed. So I did just that that rule of, you know, just falling back on someone when you need it. That really does help. Yeah, James, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Support. Sports is key. Um, you know, most technicians, even you know, myself being one in the past, you know, are stubborn. You know, a lot of times they don't want to ask for help, but when they finally do, you know, it's got to be there or they feel like they're hung out to dry and they're going to want to go somewhere else because <clears throat> they feel like they don't belong. Um, I tried to do that with my guys. You know, if, if they got a problem they can't figure out, you know, if we can't figure it out over the phone, walking through diagnostics, stuff like that, I'll hop my truck and, you know, we'll either go right then if I'm able to or, you know, schedule something up to be out there with them hands on. Um, the same with uh, the service advisor, our mobile service advisor, Lisa, she she does outstanding as far as supporting us and supporting the mobile guys. And, you know, my service manager, he's I've known him a long time. We're almost like brothers. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll go back to back for each other and take care of each other. Like I said, it's like a big family. And that's what a lot of technicians need to feel. Some have it, some have great managers, and there's some you get there and talk to, and, you know, management needs some work because they, they forget whether they've ever been in that position, you know, or not. You know, they they forget, you know, it's a per he's still a person. You know, he makes mistakes. He's still learning. You know, you, you can't just beat the guy down and keep beating him down um, or he's going to lose all confidence and everything else. And then he's going to move on. Yeah. So what do, uh, what would you say people might not know about being a technician, uh, something that happens behind the scenes or that people might not be aware of if they're not working in that world, what might surprise people to hear about being a technician? Better mortgage your house for tools. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that is definitely one of the biggest things is is cost of doing this job. A lot of people think, you know, uh, it's just 
flowers and rainbows and it, it's really not you know some of these things that you have to purchase to do your job and and i think some of these tool trucks know it oh it, it's like you said you know you might as well take a second mortgage out on your house to be able to buy them <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know that that's one of the things i would say definitely agree with that that people don't understand what goes on Another thing is, is uh, like the training situation, you know, this this kind of goes back to what we were saying before with the ever-changing market. And uh, James, I know you're aware of this, but, you know, you show up on site with a customer with a brand new truck, it's broke down, it's only got 1,200 miles on it, and it's something we ain't ever seen before, and they're expecting us to have all the answers. Well, we don't. <laughs> so they don't see the aspect of what we have to put into to be the first on site and, and be able to get them back on the road. So, you know, I, I would say it would have to go with the training aspect and definitely, definitely the tools to do the job. I would say the, for me, it was the, the late hours, you know, while everyone else is going home, um, the service station is usually doing a service call. I know we had a service calls way after five and we were getting ready to leave and, hey, got a service call, Tony, can you go over here? Sure, man, I'll go. So we would go and shoot, stay seven, eight or nine uh, and then still have to drive all the way back to my house and not get back to my house till 10 and then wake up early again and do it all over again the next day. And it, it really beats down on you. And that's when, like they were saying, like family is has a lot to do with it. You know, that it's not really a team. It's a family because you need each other to, you know, hey, come on, you can do it. I know you can. I know it's you've, you've already had a long day yesterday, but come on, push a little bit more. You know, it's almost the weekend or whatever, but. I would say the late hours, the the many hours that a technician puts in during the week is not really seen, you know, after we close the store, you know, I know there's a technician here that stays shoot until 12 o'clock at night working mm. and he'll he'll do it again the next day. And so no one really sees that unless you ask him or you, or you see him like last time I saw him here and I was like, what are you still doing here? And he's like, man, I'm working on this truck. They want this truck done by tomorrow. I was like, damn, man. I mean, it's it's those things that you see that you wouldn't really know, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I've always said that even uh, to be a, a technician, you can't, you can't be, you can't be, uh, I guess I'm trying to find the word, but like dumb, but you have to be smart, you know, with mm-hmm. all this technology and all that stuff. And, you know, not, you can't just grab any average Joe, you know, from the road and just give them a wrench and say, Hey, fix the truck. You know, it's, these trucks are pretty much houses now, you know, $300,000, like literally you're buying a house. And to give it to someone to, you know, responsible to fix the truck, you know, and that confidence in them, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be really intelligent to work on those trucks and then continue learning those trucks. So, yeah, that's that's a big challenge that I've seen. So um, thinking about what each of you guys bring to the job, my, my next question is, what, do you, what are your big strengths? What, what do you think makes you a good technician? Uh Looking back on me, I would honestly have to say with everything that I've been through, um, it would be my ability to persevere. I don't know how to quit. I don't know how to give up. I keep going. If I don't know the answer, I've got a long support network of people that do or may know the answer. We'll get it on the road. We just got to get there. Yeah, I agree with Jeff on that. Um, same with me, just you know, having experience. Been fortunate enough to have some old timers out there back when I was turning wrenches, show me tricks of the trade. And, um, 
show me, you know, different things, how to access, you know, different troubleshootings, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, as far as being good, but like, like there's you know, the guys here saying technology changes every day. So some days you, you don't feel that good when you, especially you get on something new and you're all trying to figure it out together. Um, due to whether limited manuals or training or, you know, what have you. But, um, I think the biggest thing is just time and experience. And then <clears throat> biggest thing too is networking. You know, mm. you can reach out and ask help from other stores. You know, that's that's a big plus too is anybody's seen a problem, you know, that uh, nobody in the particular in the shop can figure out. That make that makes things a lot easier. Yeah. Tony, what about you? Yeah. The same, just that support, that networking with uh, with everyone, all your coworkers. You can't really, uh, you can't really set yourself on your own and just expect for yourself to do everything on your own. You do need help, no matter what. You know, especially these parts. These parts are heavy. You need cranes at some times, and even then, with the crane, you need someone. You need two people to manage the cylinder head to make sure it sits, you know, flat on the block. If not, you'll bend the gasket and have to buy another gasket. And so it's it's a lot of teamwork. That's especially just there's no there's no I in team. So uh, just a lot of teamwork and just a lot of support. Yeah. All right. So what would you change about your job if you could? Free oh. tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all wish that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, there's not a lot I would change. Um, oh. The only thing I would have to say, honestly, is, is I wish that there was a better parts flow because I know that there is a parts issue, you know, being supplied and stuff like that. Other than that, though, I mean, even our parts department here, they're they're a very good team. But I just wish there was a better way to flow parts for mobile because it, it's it's very difficult in mobile to treat it as a, I guess you could say, shop environment because we don't have the ability to be on one job and clock onto another job while we're waiting for the parts to be pulled and delivered to us. So I just wish there was a smoother way for that. Other than that though, I mean, again, they do a wonderful job. So that's the only thing I have to add for that. What you guys? Not a lot. I enjoy my job. Uh, like I said, all the challenges and everything. Probably the only thing changed. It, it would help. It'd be nice. And I've heard other stores have it, and they just hasn't trickled down here. But you know, some kind of tablet system for the technicians for repair orders and time clocking, because um, it does take up a lot of time. Not only slowing the tech down as far as getting a repair order open. If say if I'm out of the office where I can't assist Lisa with getting tickets open. And you know she's handling two stores worth of mobile techs, and or you know inputting time that that just takes a lot of time. You know if there's something <clears throat> something like that that can be implemented, that'd be fantastic. Um, but other than that, I there's not a lot of change. I, I agree with parts flow sometimes can can be a nightmare for the mobile side. Um, shop side, as far as our two stores, tipping about also they. They've they've really uh, narrowed it down, and it's pretty good flow on that end. Um, but like I said, the mobile side is a little bit of a different challenge. But uh, but that's pretty much it. Okay. 
Yeah, Tony, I'm actually gonna to switch the I'm gonna switch the question up a little bit for you since your 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 perspective is a little bit different. So since you recently moved over to the parts side, uh, how has your perspective changed uh, regarding either parts or service? What what how do you see things a little bit differently moving to the other side of the other side of the store? Uh, I just I know how it's like waiting for parts now. You know, because I I used to wait for parts. Hey, I need this part, and oh, we don't have it till tomorrow. And sometimes I would be like, oh, that's a bunch of, you know, but now be on this side, <laughs> now be on this side, you know, I, I do feel their pain because it's, I know, and then they'll tell me, hey man, I'm almost done with this job. I just need this one part. I'm like, man, I don't know what to tell you. Like I'll call French, I'll call, you know, whatever, but no one has it. It's on back order. I have to make a case for it, you know, and then hopefully they'll give me the part and, you know, I, their frustration because that's all they need to finish that job and to get their hours for that job. And it's just, man, now, you know, all that, what I thought about parts side, you know, that parts department and how easy it was now, it's like, you know, it's a whole different, it's a whole different beast, you know, it's not the same at all. It's a whole different flip of a coin yeah. and just being on this side, you know, and seeing their face and that's the face I used to make. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's, it's a, it's a whole different perspective. It's like looking at a mirror sometimes mm. and uh, it's just. You know that appreciation of what was to be a technician to be out there in the heat you know for many hours and then to come back and then do it again you know and not non-stop and just trying to get parts you know so it's yeah it's it's a whole different perspective on that and it's mm -hmm. it's yeah it's it's a weird feeling but a real a real uh how could i say it like it's i'm grateful to see this you know this side you know so mm -hmm. All right. So uh, to kind of try to end on a on a high note here, um, what do you enjoy about your job? What do you like about being a technician? I love the the feeling of figuring out something that was mm. giving you a headache <laughs> and that <laughs> feeling, that satisfaction or a customer stuck in the side of the road and you were able to get them up in no time. And that, you know, that, hey, thank you so much, man, you're the best. And you feel like you're on top of the world mm. and, you know, I think that's the feeling that would, that I loved was helping people. That's what is always that I loved is helping people. Yeah. For me, it kind of branches off of the ever-changing market. Um, I like to learn. I like to learn new things I didn't know. And with this market changing constantly like it is, that it, it's a constant challenge. It's never the same thing. We are always doing something different. That, for me, is probably what makes it so satisfying to be a tech. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have to agree with both of them guys. It's, you know, in the day you fix somebody's problem, you know, they may be frustrated or stranded, you know, and you're able to put a smile on their face and uh, <clears throat> get them going down the road. Just, you know, that, that satisfaction of helping somebody um, really, really makes it worth the Worth the you know, at the end of the day, some of the stuff you have to put up with. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and, and last question before I open it up: If someone's thinking about being a technician, you know, somebody's you know coming out of high school or whatever, what advice would you give them? Always be willing to learn. Mm -hmm. Never think you know everything because you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yep, come in and listen. Don't talk. <laughs> ask, ask questions but same scenario don't you you don't know everything hell we still don't know everything and we've yes. been doing it a long time <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, just the learning part, man. Just be willing to learn as much as you can and never give up pretty much. So. All right, so um, I did get a couple of questions uh, sent in ahead of time, so I'll give you guys those and then uh, then we'll open it up to the audience to see if they have anything they want to ask you guys. So one came from Jessica Smith and safety. She said, how do you integrate safety into your daily routine and what advice would you give others on how to accomplish this? Yeah, we, we discussed this a little bit before the meeting and I was, I was kind of thinking over this and, and one of the biggest things that I like to try and get my text to do and I do myself and um, I get backed up by my service advisor, my manager, everybody is just simple goal. Get out and look. If you're yeah. ever unsure with something, you know, always, always look, be aware of your uh, surroundings. I mean, don't be, I don't want to say, you know, be vigilant, but don't be hyper vigilant. Um, but you definitely pay attention to everything, you know, um, it's to the point now to where, We've started, we won't even move our trucks. Like, you know, and James, I know you know this, you get on site sometimes, you're working on two or three trucks. So you just kind of jump in the truck and move to the next one without even thinking about it. We don't even do that anymore. We go, we're starting this new thing to where it's like, as soon as you get in the truck, your seatbelt automatically has to be on. If you hear the ding, it's too late. So that's one of the things that we are implementing, are implementing. Um, but we're constantly growing, we're constantly learning. Um, so, but yeah, our biggest thing is just the goal. Look around your truck before you move your truck, make sure there's not anything laying around it, you know, could possibly cause you or the truck harm. Um, and the same thing goes with when you're working on stuff. Um, we care, we do carry jack stands and stuff like that. We carry wheel chocks on the trucks. You know, we make sure our trucks are DOT compliant at all times. So, yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. And, and again, it's constantly we're constantly learning and constantly growing. You guys have anything to add? I would say, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, James. Um, I would say, yeah, like the same thing uh, with your safety glasses and the hearing, uh, especially with the high impacts, you know, they, they make loud noise, especially if you have a tank and it echoes through the tank and it's even louder. So, you know, I would say the first thing I used to not, I used to hate using safety glasses and I used to hate using the, you know, for your ears. But, you know, I've had times where the, something will fall in my eye and I'm like, son of a, and then I was like, if I have the safety glasses on, you know, that would have not happened. So then I learned through trial and error, like, don't be, you know, stubborn because it actually helps, you know, and then I would tell my coworkers the same thing, you know, and so... You know, it's little things like that would be for safety for as an individual, you know, especially is your body can only handle so much. So if you lose an eye or you lose it, you lose your hearing. I mean, that's usually what we, we base ourselves on is what we see and what we hear. So, yeah, that's that's for me would be that, too, along with, you know, with the moving of the trucks and all that. So. All right, James, did you have something to add? As uh, Jeff pretty much covered most of, as far as on my end, um, biggest thing, you know, same thing I try to implement to my guys is walk around, walk around your truck, walk around the truck you're working on. Don't leave keys and anything, especially under the truck, you know. And my favorite saying is, you know, don't assume. Assumption is the mother of all screw ups. You know, <laughs> you assume if you're not sure, get out and check, get out and look. Don't don't just assume it's safe. You know. 
you're, you're clear, you don't want to run anything. You, you know, don't assume you left, you picked up all your tools. You know, double check because uh, accidents can happen quick. And you know, and then Flash, we've all probably experienced it some form or fashion in our life. And uh, <clears throat> and it can be sometimes it can be miles, sometimes it can be costly. All right. The other question that I got mailed in was, uh, is the location you work at a flat rate shop? And, is, and if so, is there enough work to sustain your, sustain your skill set each day? Uh, here in Ohio, we're flat rate. I'm not sure about the other places, but um, we are flat rate. And yes, it's very, very rare that um, we don't have enough work to sustain like what we do on a daily basis and then some. Um, it, we never used to have to schedule anything out like 24 hours um, when a customer would call us and want us to schedule a check engine light or something. We would never have to schedule out 24 hours, but now we're getting to the point to where it's like, oh crap, you know, we, we really got to get moving with this because now we're starting to get further and further out. So the workload is definitely not an issue. Um, now, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not up and down because it does roller coaster sometimes and, and there are times you could go a day or two and not have anything however what we do and this goes back on the teamwork and stuff that we've talked about in the past is what we do in our mobile division is if we're if for some reason we're slow we'll go in the shop and help out because the shop is always fast-paced um, we've actually had times too to where we get so busy we've had to send things out so it's kind of a one hand washes the other thing so mm. the workload is flat rated it it, it scared me honestly at first too being my first time in a dealership but once I actually got here and saw like what goes on and how it works no that's not a problem at all uh, does that line up with you guys' experiences, or do y'all have anything to add? Yeah, we're we're flat rate right down here as well. Um, but you know, like we tell our guys, you know, we know you're working, we'll take care of you. You're not going to be left hanging. Um, <clears throat> as long as we know you're you're putting forth the effort and um, doing everything you can to get the job done. And if there is, in in the vast area we're covering, the guys stay pretty busy. But if, if there is a by happenstance, you know, they have a slow day or something, yes, they they know to come to the shop, talk to the shop. If they don't have anything by chance, go in there and get your training done, get your OEM training mm -hmm. done. There, there's always online training that can be done, whether it's Cummins, Navistar, Wabco, Bendix websites. There, there's all sorts of training that can be done to make them a better technician. And they can get paid for it. Oh, OK, yeah. Yeah, that was going to be my follow-up question, so, yeah. All right, so uh, anybody that's on the call now, if you want to drop a question into the chat or if you want to raise your hand, I can get some people called on if you have any questions for these guys. And Victor, what do you got? Thank you, Miles. Yeah, I was muted there, of course. Uh, first, I'd like to say, you know, thank you to Tony, Jeff, James. Really appreciate you sharing, you know, making the time. And, uh, you know, it's educational for you know others in the field that don't do your job uh, i'd like to just you know comment on a couple things you said uh you're right you know people don't always understand what you do the complexity of the job and and uh you know technicians truly are the heartbeat of the dealership if we can't keep them running we won't sell them uh, i live in that world every day um 
to address a couple things you mentioned on the tablet system. You know, we have the tablet in the shop right now. Uh, we call it the RSA. Uh, at any rate, it is on a charter to develop that for mobile. Um, so that it, it, it obviously it'd have to run through Wi-Fi or what or a cell service rather. Um, but we are we are working on that. Uh, I don't know when we'll see it. It might be a year. I don't know, but we do know that what you know we have today doesn't work very well. Um, Mitchell Skates was the uh, director of service on you know the Navistar side prior to the summit acquisition in, in Canada. Um, he has since been promoted to director of mobile service. So we're looking to put some legitimate structure behind the mobile service business, and he's working on a number of things. That tablet is is one of those things, and, and also on his list of opportunities to improve mobile efficiency is how do we source the parts? How do we get the parts to the technicians? Um, you know, right now, very few locations have dedicated people to mobile techs, and ultimately that's what we need. Sometimes the tech just gets the leftovers. You know, the, the, the back counter will take care of the shop first. And in some locations, we have technicians that get POs from parts departments and they have to go fetch their own parts. And that doesn't work either. So it, it's very convoluted. Um, there isn't a whole lot of structure, structure behind it, but that's why that position was created. And that came out of a strategic and offsite strategic meeting where the executive team all collectively agreed that our single biggest opportunity in terms of operations is to grow our mobile tech count, grow our mobile business, and really to shore that business up, do a better job of, of you know, managing that business uh, rather than how it is right now today. It's kind of ad hoc. Um, I'm glad you all get the, the value behind uh, safety. I hear you on the, no pun intended, on the hearing. You know, I started in the shop <laughs> as well, and I didn't think I needed earplugs. I didn't think I needed safety glasses. You know, I had a few close calls with my eyes, and so that kind of changed my mind. But the hearing, I really never address, and I'm paying the price now. It's part of why I think I'm so loud when I talk is, uh, you know, I can't <laughs> hear so well. Um, but at any rate, I'll wrap it up with that. Again, I just want to say thank you very much. Appreciate your time and, uh, you know, everything that you had to say. It uh, means a lot. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Victor. Uh, I never worked in a shop. I wasn't a technician or anything, but I did go see ACDC once when I was in college, and I don't think my hearing ever fully recovered from that. Uh, so, uh, any other questions? Close from enough. <laughs> yeah, close enough. <laughs> Okay, well, um, I know you guys don't have just a bunch of free time floating around in the middle of your day, so I really appreciate y'all taking the time to come to come in and talk to us. I heard from several people uh, ahead of time. They were really excited about hearing about this, so um, I really do appreciate it. I can't say that enough. Um, I'm going to drop into the chat real quick the, um, the survey. Um, anybody that's on the call right now, I'd really appreciate it if you just go ahead and click on that and fill it out. It'll be in the follow-up email as well, but I put a, some additional questions in there. I'm looking to grow this program and I'm looking at some different options for different things uh, that I might do with how this works. Um, so I, I really wanna hear from as many people as possible. Um, uh, I've got one more screen to share with you guys. Uh, 
The email is talentdevelopment at rushenterprises.com. So if you have any questions uh, about the program, if you have any suggestions, uh, you can send uh, you can send any, anything that you have there. Uh, next month, uh, one of my colleagues, Allison Posey, is going to do a presentation on predictive index. So she's going to explain what that is, explain how it's used, um, some misconceptions around it, uh, and some of the terminology and anybody that has a predictive index profile of their own, she'll kind of talk you through what is it telling you about yourself and what are people seeing from it how, and what are effective ways to use it. So, and again, the survey, uh, make sure to fill that out, please. I really, really appreciate that. And this, uh, this recording will be available afterwards. I'll send out the link to it. There's two ways to watch it. I'll send out the link to the stream. Um, on the stream, when you go and you can watch that one, if you go to stream and you just search PLN, they'll all show up. Um, I tried putting it in a channel, but it turns out that didn't work. So, uh, but if you just search PLN, they'll all be there. There is, they are also all um, on a uh, SharePoint site and that link will be there as well. Everything will be stored there. So, all right. Well, I really appreciate you guys again. And thank you everybody that uh, that showed up for for being here and I appreciate y'all's questions and, and, uh, and y'all's attention during this time. So thank you very much. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you all. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity.